Maryland Review, and make sure you come see us live this Saturday, Turtle Creek Tavern. We can't wait to see you there. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. And we are coming to you straight after a nice little, um, well, I shouldn't say nice, really, a, a controversial, controversial, I will say, uh, win over Maryland, 37-17 at home in the shoe on Saturday. And Davis, I think this game leaves a lot to be desired, kind of a, a lot of questions, I think, in the back of uh, everyone's head in Buckeye Nation. Yeah, I, I think there's two different ways of thought that you can think about this game or at this point of the season, but... I can't help the overwhelming feeling that I, I'm starting to have a lot more negativity creep in than I'm typically used to at this point in the season. So I'm I'm not taking as many positives out of this, even though there are positives to take out of this. But I'm not taking as many of those as what I feel like I should be, especially after a 20 point win. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about it, man. I mean, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the first half, man, and how I I don't know another word for it, man. It was atrocious. It was atrocious offensively um, in the first half. I mean, uh, what was that, three, four straight, three and outs? Mm-hmm. Um, and just couldn't get anything going with the running game at all. I mean, uh, Kyle McCord couldn't get anything going through the air. I mean, we just couldn't get anything going at all. The offensive line just got dominated. And I don't even mean dominated. They were to the point where they were just kind of off the initial block, just letting people go by. Um, I watched the game about four times, dude. And each time I watched it, I got more mad. Yeah, I I have a lot of worry moving forward for the rest of the year just based upon that performance because I think we're past the stage where, you know, we can't say they're still developing, they're growing. I mean, they are still, and I think they'll still get a little bit better. But at this point in the season, you don't want to see these humongous mistakes and them play this poorly as, as an entire unit. So, you know, I... We, we are, we're always gauging this game against the bigger potential games we have in the future, right? So if we look at this just on surface level and say, okay, hey, you know, Maryland was a better team than people probably give them credit for. They're 5-0. and Tough fought battle. It was a slow first half. We caught fire in the second half and still covered the spread. But that's not it. It's because we know we're going to have to play Penn State, Michigan, and a potential CFP, uh, you know, caliber team. And what will we put on the field uh, this past Saturday is not going to cut it. No, it's not. So I guess before we get into any more, you know, negativity, which I'm sure we are, I got a lot to say. Um, real quick, man, give me give me your highlight of the game. Give me your offensive player of the game. Give me your defensive player of the game. So before we go into too many more details with the game, um, I'll start with offense first. And obviously, I think player of the game has to be Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I think that he. He still looks really good. I'm surprised at how good he looked considering I wasn't sure how much playing time he was going to get because of his ankle. Um, and over half of you know the passing yards and almost half the entire offense went to him. So he played a key role in this game and showed that he can handle the workload even at not 100%. So for me, it was him. But I will actually give Kyle McCord um, you know, after the first, what, seven pass attempts and basically the first quarter, quarter and a half. He played some pretty good football. Now, did he miss a few throws 
that should have been surefire touchdowns? Absolutely. But he still threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, please. And listen, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. I understand we're lowering the bar a little bit when I'm talking about him because we've got to try to stop comparing him to C.J. Stroud. No, I'm talking about over 100 yards of his 307 yards were balls that were severely underthrown. And had I to come back. That. She was I understand. To to I understand that. I understand that. But does and everybody I'm not... else understand that? Because everybody I'm watching on on Facebook's like, see, or uh, Kyle McCord had himself a day. What are you talking about? He had himself a day. I would. I wouldn't say he had himself a day, but I mean statistically, it looked like a pretty good day. Well, statistically, uh, especially against a decent like opponent. A good day. Well, when you're throwing to those style of wide receivers, absolutely, you're going to have some pretty good stats. Um. I, th- I think he cost himself at least 50, 60 yards and a couple extra more touchdowns had he thrown those two deep balls uh, on the money. Um, but he also still makes some pretty good passes. Uh, I mean, the one I can think of is the one uh, the, on the run to Cade Stover was right on the money in stride. Yeah, he had and, one on the sideline to Marv. Oh, my God, that one on the sideline, that was C.J. Stroud-esque pass right there. You know, we needed on, what, third and 23, and we get it. And also when he had to go back to back to Marv, where they called the one back from Marv, backed him up, and then he did it again and threw a I dart just, to him. So uh, I, listen, you can see the potential is there, and I feel like he's getting a little more consistency, but he does still float those long passes down the field, and he's really bad at underthrowing them. Well, when does potential have to become reality? I don't know. I mean, he's uh you know five games in as a starter actually realistically only three and a half four games in as a starter like you know on one hand i think this is so much more of an issue because of the offensive line than it is with him because if our offense our if our offensive line was a lot better and our running game looked good then we wouldn't feel as pressured to have kyle come out and try to win us some games by himself um i understand we're seeing some mistakes but I really feel like a lot of this is on the offensive line, just making the offense, you know, stagnant because, you know, he, he he's going to miss some shots here and there as he continues to learn and grow. But the good thing that you can see from Kyle that that'll give him credit on is that every time that he struggled, he comes out and he bounces back and he plays better as the game goes on. He doesn't get worse. He doesn't make mistakes in key situations. He gets better as the game goes on. And I think that's an important characteristic that, it, you know, not everyone has. Well, I'm not trying to bag on the kid, but I'm just trying to say, don't blame the offensive line for his throwing motion. I don't I'm think not saying that it's for his throwing motion. I'm saying line. the reason why the offense is struggling so much. I know. Well, you let me so talk much, on this podcast it, tonight. I'll tell you my opinion, too. Well, then don't <laughs> take my words and twist them around to what I, did I didn't say. Around. Yes, you, you did. did. You, said, you think a lot of it is predicated on the offensive line. Did you not say that? Not you his said a passing. Lot of it has happened. I said the way we feel about the offense. Is predicated. And to me, I'm telling you, no, it's not. I'm okay, talking tell me about why. his throwing, and I'm talking about the fact that if the offensive line, yes, he gets more rushed because there's guys in his face quicker, but I'm talking about the throws that he had time to throw and still couldn't make. Those are the ones I'm concerned about. If you can't hit Marvin Harrison Jr. 52 yards down the field in the middle of the field with nobody around, if you can't hit Igbuka or Fleming like they did down there in the uh, in, inside the 10-yard line, dude, where he had to pretty much fall backwards to catch a ball, that's wide open. That's not a contested pass. That is wide open. What I'm saying is, man, I don't expect him to make these throws like he's made, like he has made to Marv on the sidelines or trying to fit it in these tight windows, which, by the way, he does way too much, by the way. But I'm just saying I'm not expecting those, man, but I am expecting you to hit a guy that's wide open with no one within 15 yards of him. Like th- those are the throws I'm concerned about. 
Yeah, that is a problem. Um, like I said, I, it cost us two for sure touchdowns easily. Um, and those are going to be some important throws that when you get those opportunities against these better teams, you have to hit those. Those have to count. And I know that she's still completing them because our wide receivers are good enough that they can adjust to the ball. But, you know, that's not going to fly when the coverage is going to be a lot tighter, especially against better, uh, better opposition. So I, I agree with you that that is a concern of mine as well. I just feel that we are more upset overall. And I'm saying we as in the majority of people you know, Ohio State fans in regards to the offensive line because of how bad our running game has looked, um, how poorly we block, uh, run block. I mean, I'd say they do better in pass pro, but it's just it doesn't look good. And if we feel like we're going to be getting into a game where we're going to have to rely a lot more on Kyle McCord winning us that game instead of more of a bounce attack with, a you know, a bunch of good running backs – then yes, I, I understand where everyone's trepidation is with this team. So it's not just on Kyle McCord, but I think, you know, he still has his shortcomings as well. I think he does, but you know, like I said, when we talked about the keys to this game, the first thing I said was the battle in the trenches because I don't believe in this offensive line, and we've been told and we've been fed that there's problems on this offensive line since way back before summer. I mean, and we and we all were thinking that it was a question. And I'm telling you, dude, watching the game. And not just saying, oh, you know, because I'm tired of hearing the, the whole mentality that Ohio State plays down to its competition, which I do believe a certain amount. I do believe that a certain amount. But at the same time, dude, I've we've watched this team now for five games. And in five games, they haven't won the battle up front hardly at all. And that's against some inferior opponents, some equal opponents. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's a problem, dude. It is a problem. And I'm telling you, man. Now I've, I'm more worried than I've ever been uh, when it comes to Penn State. Penn State was just kind of like a, eh, for me at the beginning of the year. But now, dude, I'm worried about Penn State. Yeah, I, I've been worried about Penn State a lot this year, um, a lot more than you have been. And this is only continuing to make me honestly believe I don't know if that's a winnable game for us anymore. Um, I don't know. The only thing that gives me more confidence is the, uh, our defensive side of the ball has just been playing really well this year. Um, I know we'll get to it here in a second, but I don't think you gave me your offensive player of the game yet. Um, honestly, I have to go with I have to go with Marv, dude. I, I have to go with Marv. Um, and, you know, he's just a man amongst boys, dude. And if I wasn't going to give it to him in a close second, I'd have to go Cade Stover. Um, I thought he played pretty well. So th- that's my one uh, A and one B. OK, uh, so before we get to um, the defensive side of the ball, let's give one last plug for our upcoming live episode, if that's cool. Oh, dude, I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. So most of you that listen to us know, but we're going to give one last shameless plug for our uh, upcoming live episode. That will be this Saturday, October 14th. It's for the Ohio State-Purdue game, and that will be at Turtle Creek Tavern. That's at 5571 North Hamilton Road in Gahanna, Ohio. Um, they're going to open the doors at 10 a.m., a special for us, and we're going to start recording our uh, our live episode probably right around 10.30, 10.45 in that range, and we'll go pretty much up to game time. Um, some important things to know, uh, if you decide to show up, we will be doing some raffles, so if you show up during the live part, uh, you will get a raffle ticket, and we'll be giving away a handful of different things, some Ohio State stuff. Um, there's also some Corona things that we'll be giving away. I know the bar is going to help us out with that. Uh, because they have a deal with Corona. Um, 
and I think what we've got other knickknacks and stuff. Uh, we're also going to have some opportunities for people to get, uh, you know, from our sponsor, uh, tasty additional flavors. Uh, there's going to be some samples and things there. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity to get some cool stuff while you're there and then get a chance to come listen to us. Um, because they have that deal with Corona, they'll also have deal on buckets, um, uh, buckets of Corona. You can get five uh, Coronas for 15 bucks. And uh, also for every one of those buckets you get, you'll also get an additional ticket. And that one goes into a raffle that will be drawn at the Ohio State Michigan halftime uh, for a Corona bicycle. Um, so a lot of opportunities there. They also have a, a full menu, but they also feature uh, chili dogs. They got one for four dollars, two for seven dollars. And they also have a Bloody Mary bar as well. So um, a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, to, I guess, fulfill whatever it is that you want to fulfill this Saturday. I mean, obviously, the game's going to be on the Peacock. So don't get the subscription. Come out to the bar. They got it on the tellies there. Come listen to us. A chance to have a few drinks, have have some food, maybe win some stuff. Um, but ultimately, just a chance to come watch Ohio State football. So it'll be a blast. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we've been doing a ton of planning and trying to get everything set up. So, you know, we really appreciate the support for anyone uh, that wants to come out. Did you just say tellies? I don't know. I think you just said they got it on the tellies. That's pretty much how you said (laughs) it. They got on the tellies. Well, they got more than one telly. Tellies. What the heck? Uh, What happened to televisions or TVs? This is America. Yeah. Listen, I want an answer, dude. Don't just stand there. I don't have an answer for you. That's what came out as tellies. (laughs) We continue to record this at my bedtime. Oh I'm exhausted. God, I've been dude. chasing around a one-year-old all day. Dude, I don't even want to hear it. No. You're tired, too. I can hear it. I'm always tired, What's, dude. The only reason you're staying up is because this is the only time that no one's bothering you. That is the truth. It's the only piece in my house is at this time. Exactly. Same here. So that's why I'll go upstairs, and even though I'm tired as hell, I'll probably fight it for another hour just because no one's saying my name and no one needs me for anything. That's the truth. No truer words have ever been spoken. <laughs> right. So, all right. So let's get back to the game. Uh, defensive side of the ball. Um, this is, again, the part of the team that continues to give me hope this year. And I think I've learned a little bit more uh, about what this team's identity is going to be. Because, you know, we constantly want to look back at previous years and say, okay, Ohio State, you know, in 2019 was this. Okay, in 20. 14 was this right and we're trying to think of teams that we think legitimately have a chance to win the national championship and are we there yet this year as of right now no maybe i don't know but you know i think this is starting to really feel a lot more like 2002 i mean we have a craig krenzel style quarterback there who's capable but doesn't always make the you know the best passes uh, we have an offense that sputters quite a bit, but we also have a defense that is playing really well. And that was, you know, just a, a rough season to watch because every game was so damn close. And even though I know not every game has been super close, I mean, we feel a lot of stress in these games, a lot more than we're used to or accustomed to over the last handful of years. But I realistically believe that this team's identity this year is that the defense can win us games. And if the offense can just do enough and the defense can hold up its end of the bargain, it could be a special year still. It could be. In my personal opinion, those days in college football are gone. 
that formula I don't believe is going to work with a lot of the high-powered offenses you have out there. Your Georgia, Georgia made it work. Couple, yeah, Georgia made it work uh, not last year, the year before. Well, last okay, year was more I'm offensively not put for this them. Defense on a on that. Well, year. I'm not either, but I'm saying it can be done. It can be done. I mean, I'm not ruling it out. I hope it is done. I hope that we're sitting here, you know, in a couple of months talking about how it was done. Um, but typically, right now, you know, I I don't like that formula. I don't like that formula as well as we talk about the other formula that we like. I would rather have even a little bit less of a defense and a completely overpowerful offense. Right, which is basically what we've had over the last couple of years, but with a slightly better defense. Yes. And sure, we get to watch a lot of blowouts and Heisman contending players and a lot of flashy stuff and high praise. But, you know, it, it's just so frustrating how we can never put both sides of the ball together in the same year. You know, like I, I would gladly take the defense this year with last year's offense, with the last four or five years of offense that we've had. And we finally get a defense that can rival what 2019 was, maybe even potentially better down the road. We don't know yet. And yet we have the worst offense we've had since, what, 2016, statistically? With some of the best weapons we've had. Yeah, it's just it's so disheartening and such a letdown and aggravating all at the same time. And, you know, it's it's like a perfect storm of everything that we finally rotate through some of the best offensive players that we've had and key players and key parts. And we lose the right ones to where we take a huge step back while the defense takes a huge step forward. And then what's going to happen the following year? Are we going to have taken a big step back on defense because we're going to lose a lot of pieces, but all of a sudden the offense starts getting clicking? You know, why can't we just time it up in the same damn year? It's so frustrating. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to stop speaking things into existence because I was the one that was worried about a lull after the bye week and a highly emotional game. That's what I was talking about. And what happens? Come out flat as a thumbtack in the first half of the game. And for a minute there, I mean, I always know in Ohio State fashion, you know, being down that kind of, you know, points doesn't mean we're going to lose. But I'm just saying, like, I, I knew it. I was like, we came out flat as a board. That's exactly what I was afraid of. And, and it happened. You know, and, um, you know, before we get to to, to the uh, defensive play of the game and stuff like that, um, what do you think is going on with Travion? Uh, So, I mean, what I got out of that, it wasn't initially, I think you had taught me or told me that you had heard that it could have been an injury. Maybe he was in trouble or something. I think I'm still hearing both things. Well, I think it is more along the lines of he wasn't really banged up, but it was smarter if he didn't play and had an extra week of rest. And I figured against Maryland, knowing our other running backs that they didn't really need him. So that's kind of the way I took it. Um, I don't think that he's in trouble with anything. I mean, that's not the vibe I'm getting. And I think he could have played if he actually had to, you know, Marv was more important in that game than Trey was. I'm not saying I believe anything. I'm just saying, there's an awful lot out there for me not to at least question it and knowing uh, how Ryan Day is, um, how he keeps things so much inside, uh, inside the program, that if something like that was going on uh, and he just kept it in house and it never got out, it would not surprise me. And that's very true, too. I mean, as long as we see Trey back on the field um, this weekend, then I'm not going to think twice about it, to be honest with you. But if he's out again then I'll be perfectly honest. I really have a feeling that, you know, it, there may, it may be the latter. He may actually be in trouble with something. So I don't know the answer to that. 
Yeah. Um, I just thought it was interesting. You know what I mean? Because I thought after Big Ten Network and everybody else were reporting that it was an injury or injury based anyways, I thought the rest of the stuff would go away. But then it just kind of got stronger. You know, a lot more rumors on there than there was before. And I, I don't know what to believe. I just think I just think the whole thing's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I do. I feel like he's an important piece to this puzzle because I feel like, you know, he's our best option at running back right now just for the simple fact that our offensive line is not very good. And with him being able to get more to the outside, bounce things out, not necessarily, you know, try to, you know, read the proper, you know, gap that he's supposed to hit because we can't get past the first line of, you know, blocking. He might be the one that can kind of, you know, pick up where the offense is leaving or the offensive line is struggling. You know what I mean? Like he might be our best running back option for a bad blocking offensive line. Well, to be honest with you, if he's even remotely hurt, I wouldn't play him this week. I agree with that. I mean, because I still feel, you know, we're going to do our pregame during the live show, but, you know, this isn't a good Purdue team. It isn't. However, history has not been kind to Ohio State going to West Lafayette. That's true. They're uh, kind of banged we'll, up, too, but we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get into that for the live. But, yes, I mean, I do I think we need to have Trey this weekend? No. Would I rather have him back? Yes. Um, as long as he's healthy and he's not going to do anything to deter him from being as healthy as he possibly can for Penn State, I want him in the game. Absolutely, man. So let's get to this uh, defensive uh, player of the game here um, since we, we get off track. But, hey, that's what we do on this podcast. So if you don't like it, we don't care. Uh <laughs> Um, you could you could go multiple different players and you wouldn't be wrong, in my opinion. I think that many players on defense played well. Um, I like to see Sonny Styles play. I mean, he's just a fun player to watch. He got kind of tore up in the slot though. Uh, I I don't know if that's his A game. I mean, he's he's not really he's still learning the coverage part of it. But when they had him up on the line and he was rushing to uh Talia, I mean, he looks quick. I mean, I don't, I'd almost like game. to put, yeah, I'd almost like to put him more, you know, on the defensive end kind of part of the ball and hell, maybe move Jack Sawyer inside or just rotate him out or something. Cause uh, I like his quickness. Um, uh, it, he's great in run help and the short passes, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's his a game, um, when it comes to, you know, the corner or the corner position, like for the slot position and things like that. But, um, I don't know. I mean, one that kind of really stood out to me, and I know it was such an important play, but it was Josh Proctor. It has to be. Uh, he, he, in the critical time we needed it, uh, early in the second quarter, gets us a critical pick six, um, and then just made a ton of plays. He was flying all around the field. I mean, he's, he's faster than hell, man. I mean, I'm telling you, he's just – he'd be the one I'd be scared the most of, like, going over the middle. You know, Dude, and he can lay some wood. Yeah. And I just, you know, he's he's playing so well this year and I feel like he is a key part of this the the back part of our defense that we weren't expecting to get but we didn't realize how badly we needed. Well, I kind of like the fact that Day said in the press conference, you know, when he was brought up that basically he challenged him uh, the week before this and pretty much put him on blast in front of everybody, you know, in that room. And he said that he's just responded so well. And dude, I like that. That's the kind of guy I like. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited with his play, and he's been consistent too. It's not just been this game; like we've seen him fly around and make tackles and do a lot of you know make a lot of plays uh, a handful of games before this. So this isn't just him showing up all of a sudden out of nowhere. 
Um, we're just now seeing this consistent play, and he's consistently getting a little bit better each time. Uh, JTT finally had a really good game. I know he got, what, sack, sack and a half. Um, continues to break up those screen passes. Um, he's starting to look more like himself from the end of last year. Um, and even Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke continues to look good. And Igbenosin, I mean, I know they got that one TD pass on him, but, man, that was a hell of a catch he made. I don't know what better, you know, coverage he could have put on uh, the Maryland wide receiver. But overall, man, I'm just really pleased with the defense. But for me, I, I'll probably give it to Josh Proctor today. I got to agree. And I, I don't need to go into it because you pretty much said everything. Um, like I said, that that play, dude, we were dead. We were as deflated as you could be until that play happened. So, I mean, if anything else, you got to give him player to the game just for that. I mean, it turned it all around. Because I'm telling you what, dude, nobody's talking about this. If Maryland makes a couple of more catches, because they dropped a lot of balls, to make a couple of catches on these long balls, and some of the end zone they dropped too, and we don't get that pick six, that we could be singing a different story today. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. When I was watching it, um, did I really think we were going to lose? I'll be honest. It crept into my mind a little. I was like, man, if we continue to play this flat, like I don't feel good about this at all. And that was such a key play because then you just felt the tides completely turn. Now, did Maryland still get a few more drives going? Yeah, because they're going to. I mean, they're, they're still a quality offensive football team. Um, and the fact that we basically spotted them those first seven points off that botched snap, you know, the defense only gave up 10 points the entire game to an offense that was averaging almost 40 points a game. So, you know... It, that's why that play was so critical because, you know, I, even people that I know that went to the game said it was just so dead. And all of a sudden that play happened and just livened the entire stadium up and just the team. It's like all of a sudden, you know, everyone just got smelling salts and just woke up and said, oh, all right, time to go. And, you know, thank God for that. But I mean, that's a whole nother question, too, is why is it and is it a bye week thing is it an ohio state thing is it because of this certain type of team but why do we come out flat against lesser opponents or even equal opponents or whatever it may be but why is it so many times i feel like at the beginning of the game we come out so damn flat well you know what i mean dude i i hate to say this but and i'm nowhere near on the level of these people but i mean just think about it dude if you play four softball games in a row you're good for them four softball games. When you have a six-hour lull between the third and the fourth game, generally you play like crap in the fourth game. I'm just telling you, I think it's the nature of sports. I really do. I really believe that. Like when you come off and you have a long break in the middle of a season and somebody else has played the week before, yeah, I get it. Like you get a week off to heal, but you're just not in the zone. You're not in the motion, and it takes a minute to get back into it. I don't think we're going to come back out of it now that we're back, but I'm just saying, like, it takes a minute. I, I truly believe that. And that that could very well be it, too. I mean, it's so funny how much we are over-scrutinizing this team, and we're still ranked number three in the country, and we're unbeaten. Now, do I think we're really worthy of being the top three, three you know, in the top three in the in the country? Probably not. I can guarantee you there's a, probably two or three Pac-12 teams that I think at this point are probably better in Ohio State right now. But I mean, at the end and of the Notre day, Dame losing again kind of didn't help. Well, that case. didn't help. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, like it doesn't always have to look pretty. It's just the most important thing is to win the game. And I mean, Texas couldn't avoid that. Miami couldn't avoid that. I mean, USC about got beat by Arizona. Like 
you know, sometimes taking a 20 point win, even though it doesn't look good and it looks like we have problems. I mean, we're being a little bit spoiled, too, wouldn't you say? And I mean, I know our standards yeah, are no, high. Don't get me wrong. Dude. I know they're high. And I, we have the right to be critical because that's the expectation now in Columbus is Big Ten championships, national titles. You know, we've well, see, established that's not that even it for me, though, man. I, I told you I've kind of turned the clock back a little bit. I'm not really on that anymore. I want to beat Michigan and let everything else fall into place. But also, I want to watch good football on Saturday. You know what I mean? And it's really hard when you have a dauntalizing issue like we do on the offensive line, dude. It's really hard to watch that. You know, now I can watch, like you said, you brought up 2002. That was like a heart-wrenching year. You know what I mean? You're winning games on field goals and like just all kinds of craziness happened in that year. But that was okay. It was exciting football. I just feel like, you know, we're we're just not quite there. We have a really good defense and I feel like a capable offense, but the the line is so crappy, it's holding us back. It's so holding me, us back, dude. Let me ask you this, and I think this is kind of a deep, in-depth question, in-depth question here, but do you feel like this is the team underperforming at, up to this stage, or do you feel this is realistically kind of what we're going to be seeing for the rest of the year from this team? As far as Kyle McCord goes? As far as, as, far, as far, anything that you're seeing. Well, okay. Well, there's two answers to that question for me. Number one, Kyle McCord is just underperforming and he's a new kid. You know what I mean? He's a kid. And, you know, I'm giving him crap about underthrowing some balls and stuff like that. I hope that he comes around. I really do hope that he comes around. Um, like you said, you can see potential there. You know, for every two underthrows he has, he throws one dime. You know, and that's a fact. But yeah, so we know we can do it. It's just the consistency isn't there. And we would expect after, you know, some more experience, he'll get more consistent. But can you tell me, other than a time when we played a team that was superiorly inferior to us, that the offensive line is look good? Mm-mm. No, yeah, that, that's that's my biggest thing, man. I just I don't I don't think there's fixing it this year. I think uh, they might be able to get a little bit better, but it's going to be it's going to be our Achilles heel. I think Ryan Day answered it good in his press conference. They asked him about it. Hey, do you think this is scheme related? Do you think it's uh, coaching related? Do you think it's personnel related? And he's like, I don't think anything's off the table. Yeah. And he's right. I mean, it could be it could be a handful of things. I mean, you can have a less talented offensive line and you could still be productive um, by either changing the scheme or coaching them up and getting them to do just enough. But I mean, they just they don't look good. I mean, they look out of position. They don't look like they understand what they're supposed to be doing, which could be coaching. Um, maybe they're just not. Ath- you think he's getting chewed out? It's not a good look for him. But you got to think. I mean, we whiffed on a lot of recruiting over the last handful of years for offensive lines. So here's kind of where we're at now: is we don't have, you know, the skill that we that we're used to having on offensive line. Now, we still have a five-star and a couple four-stars and some three-stars. I mean, we should be able to make it work, and it shouldn't look this bad with who we have. So I think it's a combination of everything. But, I mean, by this point in the season, you know, especially with how much Justin Fry is getting paid, I would expect the offensive line to at least look better than this. Man, I'd love to be, you know, a fly on the wall in that room. Just to hear – you know, I'd just love to hear what's, what's said in real time. Yeah, well – I, I didn't even realize this, but I heard when I was listening to some other uh, podcasts uh, recently that I guess Justin Fry and Ryan Day are really good friends, like personally. So I don't know if that 
is something that's going to throw a wrenchness because you know how you can be when someone's, you know, your good friend and, and it's not just simply, you know, business transactional, so to speak. So I, I worry that, you know, sometimes there could be a blind spot there if he's your buddy. So I don't know how that's being handled. I would think Ryan Day's professional enough. And I mean, he's shown that, you know, he'll, overhaul things you know quickly if he doesn't like the way they're working but i don't know man i just i don't know how you fix it and go anywhere from here so my unfortunately my expectation the rest of the year is that the offensive line is going to be a problem and he's going to have to do one hell of a coaching job to try to limit how much that's going to end up costing us dude i have to agree but before we go any farther we need to talk about our sponsor uh www.additionalflavors.com I just had a meeting with uh, Craig on Sunday, and we talked about all this stuff, man. Dude loves our podcast. Um, you know, he's from here. He grew up in the same neighborhood as actually as uh, me and Davis did. Um, so that's awesome. Started this spice company. Um, it's taken off, man. He's he's really doing big things. Um, he wants to keep us involved, so we're doing some co-branding uh, things, but we're excited about it. He's sending us a bunch of stuff. Uh, for the live show so we're going to be giving out stuff um, on set as we're doing the podcast live this coming saturday so if you'd like to try his stuff trust me i recommend you do come down to turtle creek tavern on saturday um 10 o'clock in the morning uh we'll be giving out some of his stuff as well so we look forward to that but anyways uh check him check his stuff out www.additionalflavors.com like i said they got everything man they got rubs they got spices they got anything you can imagine so uh check them out don't forget davis is buying all the beer uh, on saturday kill bucks uh, that's a hard pass. <laughs> I thought I'd try pass. again, dude. I gave it one shot. I figured. No, you, you, you've been trying the last few episodes, dude. I, I ain't got that kind of money. And trust me, if some of our friends show up and I know who they are, I definitely can't afford that. Dude, we couldn't afford a half an hour in there. No. But, uh, <laughs> no, they're 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 going to be working on the second comma. <laughs> yeah. Within yeah. the first before <laughs> halftime, like. That's a true statement. Yeah. I give you this, dude. You're speaking the truth tonight. You're speaking the truth, the gospel. It's coming tonight. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's flowing out of me <laughs> like the words of God. I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, man. Hey, well, prop bets, at least I get my first highlight of the year is that I didn't lose this week. I actually won two out of the three. Um, so I believe that only puts me at five down now <laughs> for the year. That is correct. So hey, it's not technically out of reach yet. Um, if I can get like a 3-0 and week, I'm right back in it. So... We'll do again. Our prop bets. We'll be doing them live this uh, um, this time. And, I gotta come uh, harder this week. I've got to, man. I'm I'm in the like, you know, last week I was kind of in the. Well, let's see. This week I'm in like Johnny sweep the leg mode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I've got to come I, for the three and zero. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna do the same thing too. So Ooh. I mean, I might I might I might bait you into sweeping a leg, and then I'm gonna roundhouse kick you right in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Speaking of being kicked in the teeth, can we at least reveal how we uh, basically got screwed on our parlays this past weekend, our script parlays that we so eloquently put out to everyone? Oh, my God, dude. First of all, screw college football. Let me just start there. (laughs) I know, right? Good Lord, dude. Texas loses. Can I say, yeah, yeah, Texas was my one. That's the only loss I had in my parlay, and that Texas game cost me 550 bucks. At least let me say this. They had the game won. They gave the game away. It's a rivalry game. It could go either way. You know what I mean? I don't think that looks like a bad loss on them at all. Um, but, man, they pissed that game away. They had it won. So that screwed me. 
your beloved Hurricanes, just like everybody's talking about my beloved Longhorns, your beloved Hurricanes screwed us. Uh, Fresno State screwed me. Um, dude, there was just a multitude of screwing <laughs> going on. There was screwing everywhere you could look. <laughs> and that's a new concept for you. Yeah, that is a new concept. There's <laughs> no screwing going on over here. <laughs> no screwing going on. But man, there's screwing going on everywhere else. And somehow I'm being negatively affected by this. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. They hurt. And you know what's funny is I had several bets going on. And like not any all Washington, Washington State as well. Um, but not any of them were in like the same bet. So I, I was screwed multiple times. Like each of them had something different in it. Like yeah. I lost everything by one. So that's great. Well, I'm going to try to be a little bit smarter about my parlay for this upcoming weekend. So I'm going to do a little bit more research. Um, you know, I don't, you were right. I mean, I made the mistake that I decided to go ahead and put in my parlay a, a rivalry game. And that probably wasn't smart. Um, because had I not done that one, if I just left that game out completely, I still would have made like 200 some dollars. So it was, it was probably not a bright idea, even though I did feel really confident in Texas. So I guess that just goes to show you, I mean, especially in rivalry, anything can happen. Can't hold anything back now. (laughs) Last game of the season, Brent. Can't hold anything back now. All right, man. Well, let's wrap this thing up. And, uh, like I said, you will not hear an episode later this week because we are doing it live and we are going to uh be planning that the rest of this week so just fyi if you listen and you expect another episode this week you're not going to get it till saturday so show up to the bar yeah we will still be recording it but it probably won't be posted online until i don't know whenever we get to it at that point so i'm i don't know how much you'd want to listen to a pregame after the game's over but if you want to hear it live, which is your best opportunity, come to Turtle Creek Tavern this Saturday, October 14th. We open the doors at 10 a.m. All right, guys, as always, uh, you can catch us on all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Um, go on over to our Facebook page, and that's also where we kind of share uh, some other social media stuff. Um, also with links to our website, which is www.dtipodcast.com. Uh, and we also have a Twitter page as well that we post some things occasionally there as well. So, We will see you guys, hopefully, in Gahanna at Turtle Creek Tavern this Saturday. Until then, guys, go Bucks. Oh, wait.